Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Over 5 million people play football in the USA and here to bring it to you in the raw, uncut, unadulterated is the undisputed number one sports show in Atlanta and abroad. 100 yards of football live from headquarters it's more than a game more than a show it's where football blends culture economics and society tap in tune in and lock in to 100 yards of football now our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome to 100 Yards Football this morning. It's a special college history video. Today, we're going to highlight the 1993 Florida State Seminoles. That's the year they won the national championship, they first under Bobby Bowden. Helping me to break down this great tradition, this great school, my man, Mr. Bobby Butler, who developed the tradition and the culture of Florida State. Can I say Leon County? <laughs> Can I say the Florida Panhandle? This <laughs> young man started the tradition that led up to this great season in 1993. So if you like the video today, please come in and share it. I'm your host, Mr. Vincent Turner. Joining me is Mr. Bobby Butler, 12-year veteran, Atlanta Falcons, two-time All-American Florida State University from South Florida, the town, Delray Beach, Coco Gop. God bless. <laughs> How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, man. Doing great, Vincent, man. Excited about this show today. Let's talk about, let's get real quick. Um, you got some special ties to this because you helped build this into what it was in 1993. Uh, take the people back real quick. When Florida State won that national championship on Saturday night in a venue that you played in, the Orange Bowl. Now, let me back up. January the 1st, 19. 19- 94, when that freshman kicker, Scott Bentley, kicked that 22-yard field goal with 22 <laughs> seconds left. Where was you at? And take us back to the memories it brought back. Well, I was right here in my den in my house watching the game. And, you know, the, the last thing we want at, at uh, Florida State, the Seminoles Nation, the last thing we wanted, Benson, for it to come down to a field goal kick. Because, you know, we have been wide right and wide left so many Miami games that cost us the national title <laughs> in the previous years. And I don't know if you remember, at the end of the game, you know, we thought we had won the game. And Coach Bowden, everybody ran on the field kind of celebrating. Yes, sir. And then we had time left on the clock. And I go, oh, no, no, what can happen, right? But um, it was a great game. Um, 
in the Orange Bowl. And to win it in the state of Florida was a great thing. You, you know, the fan base took over the, the Orange Bowl that night. Um, it was an exciting time in FSU history. Okay, we're going to go through back some moments through that 93 se- season. First of all, since you played on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to talk about the defense, okay. the players that year. <laughs> Derek Alexander. Derek Brooks, Pensacola's finest. Yes. Corey Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Devin Bush, senior. Senior, that's right. Not junior. That's right. Talk about those guys right there that were so great to them that season and Cliff Abraham. Well, let, let, let me start with Derek Brooks and those guys up front. You, you know, if, if you hear my conversation, if you've been watching our show, you know, I always talk about the key to success in football, especially from a defensive standpoint. It's how you win up front. You know, you got to win with your front seven. And um, Derrick Brooks, um, of course, he's a now he's an NFL Hall of Famer. Forget FSU Hall of Famer. He's an NFL Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be, um, and, and I say right for so, he is the best cover linebacker to ever play in the National Football League, right? Mm-hmm. This guy, um, even in, this year in 1993, he had two pick sixes, uh, Vincent, where he picked off two balls and took them to the house in this season in 1993. And the thing I love about Derek, Derek was such a great leader. All right. And you got a guy up front playing at the level he's playing and leading those guys and talking to them and, and, and get keep them straight. You can't do help but win. But when we talk about the secondary, we just confirmed DBU. Because when you look at the guys that you talk about in the secondary, we're talking about Corey Sawyer, who had an eight-year career in the National Football League, Cincinnati Bengal, you know, great corner um, from Key West, Florida. And then you had Clifton Abraham, one of Texas' finest. How do we get him out of the state of Texas? I talked to him not long ago, and he told me, he said, man, the vibe in Tallahassee was so strong, I couldn't stay in the state of Texas. He said, I had to hit 10 and go east. (laughs) <laughs> and so um um so, so is that a shot at the at the texas people that watch us is that a shot at them no it's just it's just any team that's got it going you know you you're gonna be able to recruit kids from all over the country that's it yes yeah, so uh we, we, we got to get back to that we got to get more guys from uh from texas <laughs> back in tallahassee once again but when you talk about those two corners right there um Clinton abraham was a consensus all-american that season and then you talk about Devin Bush, who in the Miami game, you know, he's from Miami. In the Miami game, he had a pick six for about 45 yards that turned that Miami game upside down. So you're talking about those three guys with NFL experience playing that secondary. Hey, man, the defense can't, couldn't get any better than that. I'm going to go, since you mentioned the defense, you're talking, let's talk about August the 28th that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey Andrews said that it was the greatest day in his life because he saw the defense come to that level, mm-hmm. the A-play goal line stand against Kansas. <laughs> and then on September 18, 1993, you brought up the legend out of Pensacola, Derek Brooks, against 13-ranked North Carolina, that 49-yard pick in that game. That's right. And then <laughs> September 11, a week earlier, why y'all was so mean to Clemson? Why y'all piled them in the group? Why y'all took them to the woodshed? Why did y'all put the spirit on them like that? Two goal line stands and y'all beat Clemson 57 to nothing that year. Come right. in on them three points I just made, my brother from the Seminole Nation. 
Well, well, let me say this, Vincent. It, it has nothing to do with Clemson other than the fact that just like Clemson in the last decade got it going on, we just had it going on in that time, right? And so we couldn't do wrong. When, when you have the defensive talent, now I want you to hear this now. When you have defensive talent, like the guys that were on that defense, and then when you add uh, one of the greatest coaches of all time to coordinate and coach DBs, um, Mickey, you know, and if you've got guys who can follow that lead. See, it's, you can have great coaches, but if you have knucklehead players that can't follow and can't do what we're teaching them, it don't matter. But they had it going on. And um, and, and I tell you, man, forget the offensive side right now because you know we play great offense. But when you play defense the way we played this season, man, you know, you're going to win a lot of football games. Let's talk about the game now. True story. Mm -hmm. I was working at FedEx. <laughs> had been with them for almost a year. Mm -hmm. Worked that Saturday. Uh, knew that the hype to this game will be probably the greatest college football game ever played. I'm sorry. <laughs> Florida State, Notre Dame. And why it made so so difference on November the twentieth that day was before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I don't usually work a Saturday, mm -hmm. and I don't usually work in the morning on Saturday. Right. But the game kicked off. I think Central Standard Time was like about a one thirty or two o'clock kick. Right. <laughs> and Notre Dame was loaded, man. Jeff Burrows. Oh yes. Brian Young. Uh, very loaded football team. Mm -hmm. And then you take Florida State, who had been so dominant. Mm -hmm. Charlie Ward heading to the national, heading to winning the Heisman. Mm -hmm. And that game went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And what stuck out to my mind was I got off about 4.30, mm -hmm. and I didn't go home. I was living with my parents at the time. Mm -hmm. So I didn't race home. I went down in the food cafeteria. They had that big old, big old... <laughs> 50-some-inch projector. Yes. <laughs> and had a lot of cats down there that was watching the game. And there was a lot of people pulling for Florida State now. Because mm -hmm. Notre Dame is not well-liked in the city of Memphis. Right, right. And the thing that stuck out, it was the first broadcast ever of game day <laughs> on ESPN. <laughs> Your homeboy, Lee Corso. Yes, sir. That's right. Well, Herb Street. And Chris Fowler. That's right. And that game went back and forth. Mm -hmm. And Notre Dame ended up winning that game 31-24. Mm -hmm. Speak on after that defeat. What went through your mind? Would y'all ever get another chance to win it that year? Or what was just going through your mind? Be honest. Or what you thinking about other times at Florida State when y'all came so close? Mm -hmm. Well, think about it. You know, I, I had to believe personally, uh, Vincent, at this time, that the only chance we were going to get was we had to go undefeated and we had to be ranked number one or number two. Now, remember, let's go back to my days at FSU, the 1980 season, the year that Georgia won the national title when, when Herschel Walker was a freshman. We lost one game that year by one point in the Orange Bowl to a 7-4 Miami. Played them 10 times, we would have beat them 9 out of 10. But we lost that day. But the following week, we go to Nebraska 
and beat the number three team in the nation in Lincoln. And then the following week, the team that replaced them in the number three spot was Pittsburgh, the University of Pittsburgh, who had about 16 guys drafted from our class, who had about 40 NFL players on that team because Marino was a sophomore, right? So we brought them to Tallahassee and we beat them half near to death in Tallahassee. And we won out. And so we were ranked number two in the nation. Follow me now. We're ranked number two in the nation behind Georgia, who was undefeated and not played a top 20 team the whole season. Think about that. And we beat two teams that were ranked three back-to-back weeks and ended up 10-1 and in Georgia 11-0. And we got bypassed for number six, Notre Dame. And we were number two in the country and didn't get a chance to play for the title. So I paint that picture, that scenario first before I answered this question about us. Yes, I thought we had to be undefeated, and I thought when we lost that game that night that it was over, that we weren't going to get an opportunity to play for the title. But, you know, Coach Bowden was a man of faith, and I knew it was going to happen for him sooner or later because how be it, even though that Notre Dame game was a great game, I like what Notre Dame do when they get a team like us coming in there. What they do, uh, uh, Vincent, and, and this is true, right? They let the grass grow long, right? They want to cut that speed down because they know what they get when they when we go to another day, right? They grow the grass a little longer, right? They wet it down just a little bit so they can even the playing field. And so they jumped out on us, man. They jumped out on us, had us down. But at the end of the game, Charlie Ward started to bring us back. And he threw a, a, a pass at the end of the game. We were down, I think, something like, uh, 31 to uh, 17, something like that. And um, he threw a pass to uh, Kez McCorvick, who was a magic man himself. And he caught one into the, the game and made it 31-24. And then we had the ball again, and um, and then they, they ended up getting the interception. We, we had a chance to tie it up. But we lost, and, you know, our heads were down. And we're thinking, here we go. We're going to have another year, a great season, 10-1 season, and don't get the opportunity. Well, the next week, Notre Dame go to Boston College. And I think Boston College, if I'm not mistaken, were they ranked in the top 10, 8 or 10, something like that? I think somewhere somewhere up there, but not in in contention for a, a national title. They beat Notre Dame. And then we got a chance, because think about it, before the Notre Dame game, we were ranked number one, and Notre Dame was ranked number two. But after we lost, and it had been a good close game, they put us at number two. They gave us the Alabama theory. <laughs> after losing, they didn't put us way out there four or five. They put us right back at number two. And then when Notre Dame lost, here we go again with another opportunity, and the rest is history. Let me get the dates correct. It was November on the 13th when y'all played Notre Dame. And then the following week, Boston College came to South Bend. And mm-hmm. outstanding quarterback, I remember that game, Boston College, Glenn Foley. Glenn mm-hmm. Foley. Mm-hmm. He went off. Now, I'm going to bag up here, and I don't mean to get you upset today or <laughs> piss you off. Uh, <laughs> but I got to go there since you brought that. So, uh, BB. Uh-huh. Mr. Buzz, so you trying to tell me y'all could have handled Georgia that year? 
We would have beat them bad, Vincent. <laughs> Vincent, it, it wouldn't have been a close game. Because when I look at the break, the breakdown, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Talk. And what we did, right? Yes, sir. We were the number one defense in the nation. Yes, sir. And typically, running backs don't finish the game with us. We played George George Rogers that was that that year. Yes, sir. We played George that year. No, no, no that was a previous year. But anyway, we pre- played George Rogers. I think he had um, he got had an eighty yard run in the game. Yes, sir. Let's, let's, let's say we give Herschel one eighty yard run. I don't believe Herschel would have finished the game because what we do, people don't finish the game. I mean, you know, we hurt running backs. We, we get to the ball. But yet and still, the biggest dilemma that everybody had against us was the fact that we were uh, an offense that ran the ball very efficiently. Every year we had a guy who was over 1,000 yards rushing. But we threw the ball better than anybody in the United States. And we had guys. We had receivers. We had quarterbacks. And I want you to hear what I said. Quarterbacks. <laughs> Because during my time, we had a two-quarterback system. Let's say this. During my time, we had a two-and-a-half quarterback system because Rick Scott still was playing behind Jimmy Jordan and Wally Woodham. So Rick Scott still was the guy that took us my senior year uh, and won all them games in Nebraska. You know, so, you know, I'm just telling you. So, and then you look at this team right here, the 93 team, Charlie Ward was the chief captain, but Danny Connell was his backup. Bruh. We have skill position guys, not just one left, one layer, two, three layers. But see, what I'm finna do, I'm finna call out some people. I've been wanting to do this because what you don't understand, BB, we've had people from other identities that's been coming over here still in. <laughs> so I'm gonna go and put it out. So what you said in 1980, y'all went three deep, and all those quarterbacks was better than Georgia National Championship quarterback Buck Maloo. No question. <laughs> Give me clear. And I love Buck Baloo. You know, I, I, some of those guys, I love them. I don't think Lindsey Scott would have caught two balls in the game. I'm just talking personal. <laughs> I believe that. All right, I because that. I played against him. He was the Saints, and I played, you know, I, bro, uh, listen, man, our defense was no joke. And so, but our offense, they had nobody to cover our receivers. They had nobody to stop our pass and attack. Didn't, nobody in the SEC passed the ball like we passed the ball. And if you want to, if you want to see the record, go back and see the LSU game that had the Soul Patrol, the best secondary they thought in the country. Forget the best secondary in the SEC. We picked but holes in them, <laughs> bro. And, and I respect those guys. So a lot of those guys, I, one of those guys I played in the league with the Falcons, James Britt. You know, Chris Woods was a great corner. Listen, man, by the time Jimmy Jordan and Wally Woodham and Jackie Flowers and Hardis Johnson and Sam Platt got finished with them and Grady King, man, they weren't talking about the Soul Patrol no more. So that's all I'm saying, Vincent. We, we were a team at that time during my time. You couldn't handle us because we threw the ball extremely well and we can run the ball. We had a fullback, 6'4", 240. We do, man, I, we just need the opportunity. So – I look at it this way. We'll never know because we can argue this point till we all go home to be with the Lord because we didn't play the game. You know, we didn't get a chance to play the game. And so Georgia's going to always be the 1981 national champions. 
So the end is y'all would have handled that bull from Riceville, Georgia. What? <laughs> Bruh. Go watch the tape and see how we got to the ball. That's all okay. I got to say. And, and, you know, we played LSU. We played Mississippi State. We played the SEC, man. You know, some of the best teams in the SEC. And and, and, and knock holes in them. We, we went to Nebraska when Nebraska was Nebraska. Jarvis Redwine. Bruh. Listen, we 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 played Pittsburgh with an NFL team and beat them by thirty-eight points. Come on, man! <laughs> I like that. What'd you say? Come on, man! <laughs> okay, let's talk about at the end of the year. Florida State is back in the mix, y'all. Number one now. You had the big win. You already broke down against Miami. Devin Bush took one back to us, mm-hmm. but. What did it mean to you, seriously, from the bottom of your heart to see a guy out of a little small town in Georgia, Thomasville, mm-hmm. become Florida State first half and trophy winner? Well, let me say I, Just talk about the pride of him winning the halves and it brought to you in your school. Well, let me tell you the first time I ever laid eyes on Charlie Ward. Me and um, a few of the guys, Jamie Dukes, Mike Haynes, Floyd Dixon, we chartered a plane um, from Atlanta to Tallahassee to see the number one Seminoles play the number two Miami Hurricanes um, a couple years before that, the 1991 season. And we flew down there on this jet. Now, you know, we got a game the next day. Yes, sir. Right? And But we had to go see this game. And you know we're going to be standing up the whole game, right? <laughs> So we go to Tallahassee, and that was the first wide right. And, you know, Florida State was loaded, man. I mean, we were loaded. That was the year we should have won a title. But we lost the Miami game, didn't get another opportunity, right? Miami went on to win it that year. And so that game, Mark Rick, and, you know, Mark Rick and I kind of grew up together in South Florida, right? Yes, sir. Coach. Is my best friend's dad. I lived in their home, and Mark stayed with them for an extended time when he had some family stuff going on, right? So I knew Mark really well. And so Mark pulled me aside, and he said this to me before the game. He said, Bobby, you see that kid right there? And he's talking about Charlie Ward. Now, Charlie was punting the ball at the time. He was a punter. He said, he's going to be our next quarterback. And I looked at him, Vince, and I go, all right, we're going to see, right? We're going to see, right? Because, you know, um, we had another great um, uh, black quarterback, African-American, at, out of Leon High School named Tony Robinson. They However, had- y'all let him go to Tennessee. Tennessee. Right? And we dropped the ball. Right, and we didn't recruit him heavy like that, right? And all of our quarterbacks, Jimmy Jordan, Wally Woodham, Blair, all those guys, Blair Williams, they all came from Leon High School, the same high school Tony came from. So when, when, when Mark told me, you know, that um, um, he's Charlie's going to be our next quarterback to myself, I said, well, hopefully we'll see. And, of course, a couple of years later, we did see. And not only was he a talented quarterback, but um, he led the team because he was a character kid. Great, great athlete. He won the highest. We know he had a historical season that year. Won the Heisman. I mean, he threw for over 3,000 yards that year. I think he had about um, 27 touchdowns, about four picks, something like that. 
um, had a great season, man, and then went and took us to the to, to the promised land and came back with a victory. Hey, listen, Charlie Ward can do anything in Tallahassee as long as, as long as he's living because of what he did for our program and what he still to this day means to our program. Okay, the school's first national championship, Florida State is finally, finally arrived at the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. That's January the 1st, 1994 night. Mm-hmm. Beat a real good Nebraska team. They had a freshman quarterback that ended up being pretty good by the name of Tommy Frazier. Tommy Frazier, that's right. But when you look at that first national championship mm-hmm. and you went to bed that night, mm-hmm. what did you take to your bed and your dreams? Well, let me say this. You know, it was a, it was almost like a relief. Because we have been working, we have been that close for so long. Yes, Remember, sir. when we talk about my group, we're talking about the early 80s, man. You know, we're talking about 80, 81. This happened in, in January 1994 when we won the championship, man. So it's been, it was a lot of heartache in between those years watching a wide right, a wide left. Because to be honest with you, Vincent, had there not been a Miami, we probably won four or five more national titles during that time. Think about it. Every time Miami won a national title, they did it because they beat us during that year. And I think Miami won about five of them. I mean, they, they never won a national title and, and didn't have to go through us to win it. So think about that. So whoever would have won that game would have went on and won it. And so, and I'm glad because it really said a lot about Florida football to have two teams in the state. And Florida was sitting over there, and they, they were coming in and out of the national hunt. And so we had three major um, teams. Finally, in the, in, in the history of Florida football, in the state of Florida football, we got local talent to stay home and play in front of their home folk in Miami, in Tallahassee, and in Gainesville. I mean, and, and you know, and all three teams recruited people out of Miami, out of Tallahassee, out of Pensacola, because you know Emmett Smith drove right past Tallahassee to go to Gainesville. He couldn't go to Gainesville without passing Tallahassee, and to this day, I, I'm trying to figure out why he went down there. <laughs> so, 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 what you're saying right now is, is that we've been having a little rivalry going on. I'm gonna go on and put it out there. Over the few months I've been saying the water in Mississippi has been strong, the water in Texas has been strong, the water in California has been strong. So I hear you talking this morning, Florida State royalty. So are you trying, man, I finally got somebody to BB Bobby Butler this morning. Look at me smiling. Now I'm gonna ask you one more time. Okay. Two questions here. One more time. Y'all would have let me get this correct. Y'all would have took the bull from Wrightsville to the woodshed. Stumped up. Buck Baloo would have been average. What, what was he going to do? Was he going to pass the ball? What, what was he going to do? <laughs> I mean, you got to look at it that way, Vincent. What was he going to do? Our <laughs> nose, listen, listen now. Our nose guard was faster than their quarterback. What was I he believe that. Oh, I'm telling you, what was he going to do? He didn't have no receivers to throw to. Hey, listen, when you talk about DBU, now I was the only one to play pro ball. But when you talk about Monk Bonasart and Keith Jones, listen, they all should have had NFL trials. They were like that, right? 
bro, I'm just telling you right now, it, it wasn't possible. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do. So now what we can do, we can really stack the box and stop the running game. You ain't got no passing game. And so finally, to end the video today, it's been great talking about the 1993 Florida State Seminar. So are you trying to say, because BB, I have this argument all across the country, Georgia, Alabama, Texas. So are you trying to say right now at this present time, the state of Florida is still where the water goes as far as football? Exactly. And college and let, me you, let me tell you why I say that. And, and I want you, everybody, <laughs> to pay close attention to what I'm saying. When you see a guy in Iowa, Wisconsin, all over the nation, Pennsylvania, even though Pennsylvania got great football in the state of Pennsylvania, it's one of those states that a lot of people don't talk about. Pennsylvania football is great. But when you see guys toting that tater, running, when you don't normally see guys from that area running the football like that, just find out where they're from. A lot of those guys have to leave the state of Florida now because there's too many of us in the state of Florida. Now you add South Florida and Central Florida in the recruiting game because they're recruiting extremely well now in our state. It's just too many of us. Guys have to leave. I mean, we got guys in the state of Florida that go all the way to Southern Cal to play football and become all Americans out there. That's how it is in the state of Florida. And listen, you what's so special about us, Vincent? And, and I really want to say this because people need to know. I can't say we are no more special than anybody from Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, California. We're not. But here's what we here's the advantage that we have. We're outside year-round playing football. When y'all start playing basketball, where, where I come from, in Delray Beach, Christmas Day is 80 to 85 degrees. I'm bare feet. I'm still playing football. <laughs> I ain't got to go in the gym. I ain't got to go put no shoes on. I still can go to the beach and run in the beach sand, play, play um, tackle football on the beach. Listen, we play football year-round. And now, as a matter of fact, what, I'm going to do this. One of these segments, we got to do this. One of these segments, I'm going to show you guys from my hometown seven, eight-year-olds playing seven-on-seven. Seven. You need to see it because you won't believe it until you see it. Kids up here can't throw the football at seven, eight years old. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's what we do, Vincent. We, we, we got an advantage. It's hot year-round. We can play year-round. Mike dropped. Mike, Mike has already dropped today. It is. Okay, man, it's been fantastic today to be talking about the great Florida State football team, their first national championship in 1993, talking to a veteran. I got to got it started. I got him fired up today. I brought <laughs> some serious feelings out because he wanted the world to know yeah, that football know. is still the king from a high school and pro perspective. The water still runs real hot in the state of Florida. Yes, it does. And especially South Florida. Final words, Mr. Bobby Bowden. I mean, excuse me, Mr. Bobby Butler. I'm so sorry. Well, that's okay. I, you can call me that name. That's my guy. That's my guy, right? Hey, you know, it's, it's amazing. Coach Bowden's real name is Robert Kleckler Bowden, RCB. My real name is Robert Calvin 
Butler, RCB. Wow. If you want to call me Bobby Butler, that's okay. I'll take that one. <laughs> but listen, Vincent, I went down. I'm going to wrap this up with this. I went down to my youth football league homecoming this past season, 2021. And I got a buddy of mine who coached um, the um, seven and under football team. And I go down there, man, and they play a team out of Fort Lauderdale. And they have four kids on that team, Vincent, four of them, that any one of them touch it, they were out. And on defense, they had them dogs hunting, seven years old. And I had a flashback thinking about when I was 10 years old, because we didn't have a seven, we didn't have teams that young. The youngest team was a 10-year-old team, 10, 11-year-old team. And I remember when I was playing 10, 11-year-old team on the 10, 11-year-old Delray Rock team. It was four of us, Vincent, that any one of us touching, we were out. You couldn't key on one of us. So we have, we don't have a team with one dude and you got to focus on that one dude. Dude, you ain't got no game plan for our teams because we four, five deep. And we got some guys who ain't even getting the opportunity that if they got the chance, They'll show you some things. So, listen, I, I just want to let y'all know that's how we do it in South Florida. It's different. Like I say, I think the advantage we have, we can play ball year-round. And everybody wants to play football where I come from. My final words today, it's been awesome. One of the best shows we've had, talking about the royalty, the history at Florida State University down there. Leon County. Leon County. Florida Panhandle. Yes, sir. I'd like to say special thanks to our producer, Mr. Logan Landis, for making it happen this morning. Logan! And the only thing I can think about, Mr. Butler. I'm going to call you Mr. Butler before we leave today. <laughs> I'm going to take you back because Midnight Star had a... They had like a, a business into this song right here. Mm -hmm. The young man that put the song together was from the 901 Memphis, Tennessee, Mr. Daryl Cash. Yes, sir. It went something like radioactive. <laughs> so I know y'all was doing this down in Tallahassee in 93 when you won it, 94 that night. Let's jam. <laughs> Let's jam. When your body has that feeling and you don't know what it is, you got you moving. It got you moving. Let's jam. <laughs> it was radioactive that night in Miami and on the campus of Florida State University. No doubt. Brother, we appreciate you here at 100 Yards Football. We love you. Outstanding analysis today. One of the most enjoyable videos I had talking about the nose of Florida State. The young man who started the tradition. One more time because I'm going to get something started. Because we do have people that come over here be peeking. <laughs> you said the Florida State team in 80, your senior season, would have took the bull from Riceville, Georgia, to the woodshed, along with his quarterback from Valdosta, Buck Baloo. No doubt. Listen, I don't even hesitate with that. <laughs> there's, there's, not a, there's not a question in my mind. And, you know, and, and, and even to this day, well, I haven't seen him in a long time. But every time I saw Coach Vince Dooley somewhere in the public, 
I would always ask him, Coach, how do you feel to have that ring on that you wear? I said, listen, had you played us, you wouldn't be wearing that ring today. I would say that to him every time I saw him in public. Before we end our show today, we'd like to mention one more time, this show is presented by Bet Online. If you like the video today, please come and share. We surely appreciate it here at 100 Yards Football. I've been Mr. Football, yours truly, Vincent Turner. Joining me is the 12-year vet, two-time All-American, drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, and he considered the greatest draft ever, 1981. Yes, sir. Two-time All-American at Florida State University. My man, Mr. Bobby Butler. Y'all be blessed, and we see you next week here on 100 Yards Football. What is your favorite moment from football history? What teams and players are you cheering on, and who will win it all? We want to hear from you, our listeners. Head over to 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, and leave us a comment. We might use your suggestion in an upcoming episode. Tune in daily to the podcast and watch our show live every week. We are 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio on the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.